0: Can hey.
1: Greetings internet listeners, this is mister Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from september nineteen ninety five to june nineteen ninety six live on WNURFM, Evanston, Illinois. On this week's episode of The Complacence, as the Complacence continue on tour, Fred tries to get together with some groupies, and there is a band of rivals in the audience for the show. You'll hear a few technical difficulties and a lot of improvisation. And the Major League Super Crimebusters do battle with Chet the Mangod, and Blindy, Rody without fear, continues his search for Fig's golden auto-harp strings. Plus, there's a special bonus on this podcast. Following the conclusion of the episode presentation, you will hear an exclusive interview with Complacence cast member Jeremy Morse. But for now, the next voice you hear is coming to you from January 20th, 1996.
0: Rockin' out and having fun. Gonna like his art, he's a sensitive one. Freakin' play at but he's no fool. And Johnny Angelo is cool, cool, cool. Take my hand. You've never seen such a magical land. feel blue. The
2: complacents will be there for you. And now, the complacence. Starring The Complacents. We begin backstage at The Complacents' latest show as Fred talks to some young
3: girls. (laughs) So, um, we really like what you guys do and everything. Um, we just really really wanted to meet you.
2: Oh, that's great. Uh, Have you ever been uh, backstage at a concert before? (laughs)
3: <laughs> what
2: did you say? You're so funny. What? I said, uh, have you ever been backstage at a concert before?
3: No, I haven't. My mom says I'm not really supposed to talk to strangers.
2: What? But I'm not a stranger. Uh, you know my music, don't you? The complacence, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs>
2: well, that's good. Uh, what did you say your name was again? Uh what did you say your name was again? Uh way out. Uh well, uh <laughs> you seem to be passed out over there or something. So uh while uh, I try to uh wake you up, I'll just uh put on this uh delightful uh CD I keep queued up here in the dressing room for just such an emergency. Hmm, well she uh, doesn't seem to have fully recovered yet. Uh, maybe I'd better uh, play another song. Uh, oh, I know what would wake her up. Some exciting Motown. Dancing, dancing, She's a dancing... dancing.
0: Who rented this van? I rented the van. Coily? There isn't any room for my feet in this van, man. Oh, my feet are so cramped, I can't move my legs at all. Somebody pick up Bowser. He's passed out in the gutter again. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait no, 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 no. He's... he's he's. We've got to get the on computer. the road. You get what? on the road, all right. I got the i got the van. I've We're got, got the, miss- the phone. We're gonna miss Lunchbox! We're gonna miss them! I don't wanna miss Lunchbox! No. Lunchbox! Lunchbox! Hurry up! Now listen, okay? We're Taekwondo. You know, we're all members of Taekwondo and it's been published in all the magazines that our biggest influence is Lunchbox. Lunchbox, Lunchbox. yes. Lunchbox! So they probably figure we're coming, so they're not gonna start to show it out as I figure You are probably right, but but all the same uh, we better get on the road and, and, and get there so we can rehearse and practice some while we're there, under their influence. Oh, you think we should bring our instruments and jam while we're in the audience? I've got my sousaphone right here. Oh, I better bring my drum programmer. Hey, Coily! Yes? Does this, this many buses have gas in it? Uh, I don't know. did Do they rent gas? Let's walk down the street a bit. Okay. Hello, uh, excuse me, uh, you, boy, gas boy. Yes? Can we rent some gas? You being, like, rented, you mean, like, give it back when you're done? We'll give you money. You give us the gas, we'll give it back tomorrow. Wow, sounds like a plan to me. How I'll, about this? I'll make you a deal. Uh, I'll give you the gas for half the price if you rent it and you give it back to me tomorrow. Half price? I'll take it for $5. Hey. hey, no. No, you can't have the premium gas. The premium gas is for the premium customer. It's a diesel van. And I'm sorry, but when you're renting gas, you're just not a premium customer to us. So you have to it's, get the low-octane It's gas, a diesel, so okay. diesel, diesel, diesel. Diesel? We'd like the diesel gasoline, which isn't gasoline. It's diesel for $5. No one sells diesel anymore. Come on, can we go? I'm filling up with gas over here. You're hey. $5, Quilly. What hey. kind of crappy gasoline station do you think this is? Do you think we're some sort of diesel gasoline station? No, we're not. Uh-huh. So just get out of here. Go find yourself some diesel, some talk to your... diesel gasoline station. Because I... we sell premium quality unleaded gasoline, and that's it, because that's American. Yeah. Come on, Evil Otto, let's just blast out of this joint. All right, load hey. Bowser in the van. Pick him up. That's it. Oh, steady. Oh, he's really. uh, No, he stinks. Ah, close the door. You clear him a path to breathe with your finger. You know, Evil Otto. Wow, Evil Otto. No wonder you're our leader the way you handled that guy back there. That was (laughs) you. Oh. Red light. What were you saying? I was saying, it was really classy the way you handled that guy back there. No wonder he's a leader, Evil Otto. He was just a mere gas boy. If you can't handle a gas boy, what can you handle? Uh... Sorry! That's full gas! The light is green! It's great! Green, green means Go! Go! <laughs> <laughs> Why, well, you sure have that guy. Don't us. talk to me when I'm driving. Oh, sorry. Lunchbox! 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 Yeah. Yeah! All right, we're there. Ah! Oh. Hey, Bowser, you awake yet? Hey, hey guys, you oh, want to buy some tickets? Where am I? I, I got I, tickets. I, I'm scalping tickets. Shall, shall we shall we talk to the ticket boy or, or pass him by like a Come cheap on, fruit cheap of tickets. the fat of the land? I don't know. Let's see if we can Louzy. get it. A deal out of him, you know. He's an entrepreneur. Maybe no. he's uh, gonna uh, offer us a good price. Listen, this—we don't need tickets. These tickets, tickets are right like one don't. Up front, you know, right up front. They're like right <laughs> by the midget section. They're right up front. Up front? You mean we can see lunchbox? Hell, you could, smell them. You could touch them if you had really long. can we open them up and use the thermos? I'd really like to smell lunchbox. Well, you no. Know. You'll be that close. You'll be that close. If you had rubber arms, you could reach out and grab Lunchbox and you... Hand me my rubber arms and sell me those tickets. You got Morning. yourself a deal. All right. So, uh... I can't wait to actually get inside that theater. Me neither. I've got the tickets, and so do you. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. Let's go, Lunchbox!
3: Yeah! box.
2: So, uh, In the house. so anyway, uh, what, what did you say your name was again?
3: Oh, um, my name is, um, Sharon.
2: <laughs> and, uh, what's, what's the name of your friend, uh, and, uh, the one who's, uh, passed out on the couch over there?
3: Oh, um, her, her name is, is Susie, but, um, yeah, that happens a lot. She'll be okay.
2: Really? Should I, like, get some smelling salts or something?
3: Um, okay, what are those?
2: Well, it's like something you wave under someone's nose and it makes them wake up if they're passed out.
3: Oh, um, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. Oh, well, uh, let's see. I think I have some uh, in here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. This is this bag I always carry with me. Oh, here we go. It's smelling salts. I'll just wave them under her nose right what here. What
3: the hell is that smell? Get that away from oh, me.
2: Uh, oh, sorry. It's uh, just trying to uh, wake you up there. Oh, Fred,
3: can... I didn't know it was you. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shout at you, of all people. Sorry.
2: So, uh, so anyway, uh, so how do you like uh, being back here in the dressing room? <laughs> it's really
3: oh, I think funny. it's really cool. Yeah. Um. Hey, Um. <laughs> what else do you got in that little bag there that you always carry
2: around with you i mean oh it's, it's not much i just you know i have a couple pencils and a notebook in case i uh have the urge to you know draw a maze or something because uh, you know i not only um uh, pretty much the uh driving creative force behind the complacence i also uh design mazes too did you did you know that i
3: know i i didn't know that
2: yeah, in fact, uh, I think I have a copy of this issue's Mazes, uh, this month's Mazes Monthly.
3: Wow. Here,
2: if you want to see. See amazing. this one? Uh, I, I designed this one. Oh. See, you you okay. go in, in the top here, and then you <coughs> go all around through here, and uh, then you come out down here at the bottom where the arrow is.
3: I never knew wow. that much about Mazes. That, that's
2: yeah. really
3: <laughs> that's wonderful. That's really great. What What's that shape that it's supposed to be?
2: Oh, it's it's... It's a uh, dodecahedron.
3: (laughs) Oh, oh. Well, Uh, I don't know what that is, but (laughs) I'm sure it's something (laughs) really neat if you made it, Fred.
2: Well, you you just flatter me, yeah.
3: uh, you are the coolest member of the complacents and all, and and we're just really happy to know you. Well, um, Fred, I just have a question. Like, exactly what do you do? I mean, like... Now we know that you're this like you know world-renowned maze creator, but oh, like, well, what do you do with the complacency? I don't
2: know if I'd say world-renowned. Uh well, uh, you know those uh, big hit songs they have.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: They're my my idea, pretty much.
3: Wow, how come they don't let you on stage though?
2: Well, they they do. You just don't see me because I'm oh. kind of hidden back behind the giant wall of speakers there. The, I. See. You know. I like don't. the
3: Wizard of Oz, eh?
2: Uh, yeah, that's there. That's a pretty good analogy. Except, you know, in that case, the Wizard of Oz was just a normal guy trying to be more powerful. But in my case, I actually am uh, that powerful. Wow. Ooh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: uh, oh, uh, mm, uh, Frederick. T- what? Uh-huh. Frederick James. What? You were there what? with women. Huh? What? Women? Uh, I don't see any uh, women here. Uh, there aren't any
0: women allowed in the dressing rooms! No,
2: I, I wouldn't exactly call these women, I mean, Me neither, actually.
0: <laughs> All right, we got a show, Fred. So well, you're going to have to ask the uh, ugly young ladies here... <laughs> just to,
2: ugly. Leave,
0: ...to step outside. you got to get ready, Fred. Who are you
2: oh. calling ugly? All right. So no offense, uh, miss, no. but uh, you
0: just have to leave.
2: Oh, I guess... Okay, girls. I guess you just have That's to... That's right. Out well, you go. Well,
0: what true? is your name again? <laughs> What is your name? I am Adrian Creamsicle, the manager of the Complacents, and I'm asking you nicely um, at this point to me. leave. If Fred In moment... is
3: the driving force behind the Complacents, I don't think you have the right to tell Fred us the to driving leave. what? Yeah, whatever. I, mean, I don't think you have any cream. Fred You're couldn't stable. drive the minivan.
0: <laughs> what? Well,
2: that's because that's because Wait I can't drive an automatic.
0: You can't drive an automatic?
2: Well, I can't drive a manual either. But...
0: <laughs> Fred, I'm going to make this real simple. You ask your lady friends to leave... You put away the alcohol,
2: you what? you sit That's down, you take a few I mean, it was, deep breaths. My smelling salts were under it.
0: And you smell the smelling salts. You wake up because we got we got a show. We got a show in, in
3: five minutes or something. All right, fine, we're leaving. Fine, uh, whatever. I, I'm uh, gonna...
2: can, can I call you sometime? Don't bother. Uh, oh. Out. So, I, why'd you chase those ladies out? Fred,
0: I don't have time for this right now, okay? You don't know how many problems I've been having, Fred. Listen to me, okay? Gunner is locked in his dressing room with some kind of facial hair problems. I don't know what's happened. He's got some kind of stuff going on his face, and it's not supposed to be there. Or He won't tell me what it is. I can't get him out. Okay, Johnny, just talking about, he went to the eye doctor today. He's got to get glasses now. He's got to get those those cheesy John Lennon glasses that he doesn't think the women are going to like him anymore. So he's crying. I can't get him to to stand up straight. He's going on a bender. And and Fig, I can't even find Fig. He's out in the street somewhere preaching Hindu New Age gospel and playing his auto harp to people in the street and getting beat up. Okay? I can't get anyone rounded up for the show. And you're in here with women. With women, friend. You are with women.
2: I need to find this surprising. It's just why. gonna
0: be another disaster! Yep. Um, welcome to uh, the. What? what concert? Lunchbox concert. Uh, tickets, please. Tickets. You sure this is the lunchbox, concert? Lunchbox, yes. Yes, I am certain that this is the lunchbox. Show me your tickets. Well, we we bought tickets at the door and uh, I have mine. Hey. It's uh, yeah, down here the, in my fat fold from somewhere. The, from the ticket engine. Okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Huh? Here's my these. ticket, man. Did you want my ticket? I got a damn ticket right here for Please, you, man. Hey. Shut up. Hey, just calm down, okay? Just hey, these are nice tickets you got here. Ah yes. Oh, so these are pretty good few. Smelling distance is what I'm told. Well, yeah, you could call it that, I suppose, but we uh, got them from a scout. Hey. Th- what, what was he saying about that, uh, you didn't you get mention the scalp um, thing wait. one more time. Now, oh, what's this? Oh, my I'll hand. I'll smack your face off. My hand is out, and it's wanting something to forget that you bought those from a ticket seller. <coughs> What's hand that? me five dollars. Oh, it's feeling empty. Hand me five dollars, <laughs> please. Oh, uh, I don't get five dollars. I just got a knife. Oh, the All hand, I got the condom. The hand does not want you to take the tickets right now. It wants something in it before it takes the tickets. Uh, here's a condom. Good and fruity? Well, you'll have to do. All okay, right. Okay, um, thanks Uh, the up at uh, the front by the midgets, you know. All right, by the midgets, eh? <clears> thanks. <throat> hey. Hey, watch out. Out of the way. Hey, get out. I'm trying to
2: get through.
0: I'm trying to Move your fat behind. Oh, I hate great big fat people. Hey. Big fat people suck. I'm big bone. Big bone people
4: suck. I've been this excited since I saw Blind Melon on the 120
0: Minutes tour four years ago. Blind Melon, yes. I see midgets ahead. Lunchbox, yes. All right, just get rid of these midgets, and we'll sit down here. Hey, don't push me anyway. Hey, hey, watch it. Oh, like get like him to off my of leg! I think myself is a little person. Thank you very much. Stop. No, you were born to be pushed. Now get out.
3: Hey, I was in out of the Jedi. You
0: know, you can't do this. You were the stand-in for uh the toy that fell on Ringo Starr in Caveman. Maybe. You're right, I recognize him. It's the face. The turdy face.
3: I'm gonna cry
0: now. Go cry, little midget man! <laughs> Wait! Everyone be quiet. I see. Lunchbox! Lunchbox! Good Lord. Wow, they really keep their lunch in the lunchbox. Lunchbox is on stage. <laughs> the very first <laughs> band ever decided that is we we Reckon. I'm having an orgasm right now. Me too. Uh, me too. The, it's over. Yeah. No. Uh, look, they they have a sousaphone too. It's, it's bigger than mine. Wow. <laughs> I, they might. Do you think they might give me lessons? Quilly, I I uh, not that you need lessons, evil You're I, right. I don't need lessons. You're awfully good on the sousaphone. Uh, See.
4: Besides. At all of the Lunchbox concerts I've attended, they don't play the sousaphone.
0: They blow it up. You lunchbox, boy! Lunchbox, yes! What <laughs> <No, laughs> other, other instruments oh. do you spy? Like oh, look there, they got, uh, what's that thing they call it, uh, that, uh... That guitar? Yeah, the guitar, the, uh... The one with
4: the... It's the cymbals and the... various <laughs> idiophones. <laughs>
0: We're like attached to a central friends. It so. in And it And the symbol on it, what's the symbol stand for? Anarchy. What's that big trapezoidal shape thing, man? I don't recognize that one at all. It, it's the sign for uh, lunch boxes. No, the, the instrument, w- man, the instrument. The trapezoid. The trapezoid. It's it's more like a rhombus It's uh, it appears to be automatic of some sort. Well then, hmm. perhaps that's a misnomer. Ah,
2: hmm.
0: It looks like it's, uh, I don't know, angelic, somewhat. Uh, concert boy? A concert boy, do you it? know what that instrument is that he's holding delicately up there on the stage, caressing it? Um, I'd like to tell you, I am the concert hall attendant. I'm not just concert boy. What, what is it, though? What? The instrument he's holding. I don't get paid to identify instruments, do I? Unless you feel like we'll paying me. To give I'll you another mind. condom. I don't have any more condoms. Never mind. I haven't used the first one yet either. So no, Let we'll me take, take this one, one off. Out. You can Shut have Coily's diaphragm. Well, that, that's that's fine, Dad. I'm gonna go now. I need to go collect more. Oh, uh, we're never uh, gonna find out what that instrument is. Uh, uh, it doesn't I if matter. There's a sequence on it. It doesn't matter because it's Lunchbox gonna be playing it. Oh, I can't wait for Lunchbox. Lunchbox, Lunchbox, yes. Lunchbox. <laughs> lunchbox.
2: Now, uh, now Adrian, uh, just calm down. I'm sure all these problems will, uh, work themselves out. I...
0: Uh, it's... It's two seconds or something until showtime!
2: Oh, no, it's more than seconds. I'm, gonna cry. Second, I'm gonna
0: cry! I'm gonna oh, cry! cry.
2: I'm gonna cry! Oh, don't cry. I'm gonna cry! It's just residual female I'm hormones from your body that are... Uh, working. I'm crying! Uh, well, look, here, here comes Gunnar, right here. What's up?
0: What's, what's that on your face? What face? I, you were telling me before about your, your facial hair problems and you wouldn't come out of your dressing room. And what, there's something on your face.
4: A ski mask?
0: Yeah. Are you gonna take that off for the show, I hope? Cause we got a show in about one second.
4: Uh, pretend I'm, like, in Huggy Bear or something.
0: Ah, uh, you always come up with these problems... About one second before the show. And, and, I'm glad you're out of your dressing room, but... Kim Beale wore
4: a ski mask in the video for Saints.
0: I never saw it,
4: but...
2: No, this this could be a whole new look for the band. Uh, Don't you see, uh, Adrian?
0: Well, I guess, I guess Johnny could wear a fishnet. And, uh, and Fig maybe. Yeah, maybe Fig could wrap a big top around his head. And, uh... Oh, what the hell? I, 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 hey, guys. Oh, it's it's Fig. Hello, Fig. Hi, how do you Back like this? From preaching the gospel of southeastern India with your auto-harp and getting beat up in the street?
5: Yeah, how do you like the tarp wrapped around my head? It's the closest thing I could find to a turban. You know, I didn't even <coughs> notice,
0: but it's very nice and blue. It is blue. Because blue is the color... Of tranquility, and I'm a tranquil person. You're coming me down right now, Fig. I know. Although, I just thought about the fact that we have about half a second until the show Oh, that's
5: a... Johnny. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, uh, I don't have a purple aura, which is the color of omniscience.
2: Well, why don't, uh, just Gunner and Fig go out and start playing? It'd be just like on the, uh, Stop Making Sense video, you know, where David Byrne comes out and does Psycho Killer, and then they... I'm first. Bring out the piano, and then they bring out the drums and everything. And
0: okay, I guess gonna has to be first. Come uh, in, hey everybody, what's going on? It's good to see you, Johnny. Nice glasses, by the way. Well, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look pretty hey, shut good, up, man. <laughs> shut up. You look pretty good there, boy. <laughs> like you look kind of British, kind of. <laughs> look like a ah! oh, man, I can't go out and a bitch. It's so okay. Ugly. Come here. You're a geek. Oh. Come here, boy. You hey. guys are treating me like I got fishnets on, which I just happen to right now, just by some coincidence. I like the fishnets. <laughs> yeah, they're very nice and, and purple. <laughs> I can
4: make you a fisher
2: of men.
0: Oh, wait, right, that's a different religion.
4: <laughs> man, yep. those glasses make you look like a college Britpop wuss.
0: That made, I thought that made me look like Dean Martin. You don't have a trick in your hand. Now you have a trick in your hand. Now you look like Dean Martin. Glug, glug, glug. oop.
2: Now I feel like Dean Martin. Well, if only we were the talking heads, then uh, Johnny could sing lead on uh, that uh, song, you know. I can't think of oh, the name Oh, yeah.
4: Dean Martin was in their tour band
2: for a while. Who's the
0: talking heads? Well... Um. Um don't you know anything that's a that's a type of tv interview where they show a close-up of one face and then they show a close-up of another face and and then you know they just go back and forth like that for a while i thought
2: that was shot reverse shot. oh
0: you're right my mistake
2: uh anyway uh now that we have the whole band together isn't it about time to go out on stage you're right
0: we have no time to waste curtain is in just two seconds oh we have a show Hey, lunchbox. Wait, lunchbox. Uh, lunch What is Wait, lunch bag! Come on! Lunch, lunch, I've been waiting lunch, all day. If you like. <laughs> hey, i uh, hey, you guys. Yeah. You now I know you're exciting everything, but you're stomping on the midgets, and they're in So So you're just going to have to move back. Oh, I didn't even. Room, okay? you I know, didn't even see this one here. I stuck to my shoe. Now you'll have to get a. Uh, you see the midgets putty they, knife. They pay extra. They get better spots. No, the midgets, they're big customers. They come to every single show. They like music, so we we try and do things for them, you know. We give them the space and you're getting them the space. Okay? If they know music so back. well,
5: they should know that uh, that song by Randy Newman where uh, about
0: the uh, how they're supposed to all die. That's just, just fine, you death midgets, whatever. Just stay back, don't well, kill the midgets, no more death through <laughs> the midgets. Okay? Is it true that they're going to dance nonstop? because midgets are always dancing. Is that true? Well, did you ever know a midget who didn't know how to dance? I don't know. But, uh...
4: Not me personally.
0: Okay, so so leave leave dancing space for the midgets. That's all I'm asking. I don't think it's very much. We have to leave a mosh pit for the midgets. It could be funny, kind of like wrestling. I knew a midget once who didn't know how to dance. He's a friend of mine who lost his legs in the war, and well, he was just a lot shorter after that. But but I guess he wasn't technically a midget, so never mind. He was a freak after that, I wasn't a midget. But anyhow, so uh, I gotta go now. Take more tickets. <coughs> Leave space. I'll be back here. If you're not leaving space, okay, we can get you out of this place.
4: How am I supposed to transcend the bounds of my earthly body with these little people between me and the Unfettered spirituality of the only divine Western non-mechanical music
0: this universe has known. Yeah, and instead of smelling lunchbox, I'm gonna be smelling midgets. I smell too many midgets right now. Where's lunchbox? Hey, hey, you're coming out on stage! I'm gonna be- oh, yeah.
2: lunchbox oh.
0: Johnny, look who's right up front. A lot of midgets. What the heck? No, I mean behind them. More midgets. What the heck? No, no, no. Behind them. Behind the very last midgets. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it? It is. That's lunchbox. No. There's that lunchbox. Oh, yeah, right. Connor, don't you recognize him? I think I do. Who is it?
4: If I'm correct, if my eyes aren't deceiving me, it's none other than our arch nemesis Ty.
2: Don't,
0: Don't tell me oh it's my them goodness, again. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Hey, who's there on stage? Uh, it looks like those 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 what are they called? The comparisons? Oh yeah. Uh Americans. That bass player, capitalist, has smaller boobs than usual. Right. Uh. Which. Which one? The the man. Yeah, all got smaller boobs than usual. Except for the great big fat people. Hey, I recognize him. He's Johnny Angelo. Them's the complacents. Yes, I didn't recognize him with the dorky glasses he's got out. Ah. Oh, I'm getting very angry right now. I. And I Stop, can't step be responsible for throwing this midget That's the complacence. Oh, oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. That was it pick up this midget and throw it. Oh, oh, oh,
2: oh,
0: oh, whoa, Fig, hands up! Midget, coming. Whoa, duck and cover. Quack. Ow. Oh. Oh. God, that midget hit you square in the face. This more than it came from, A-C. Wow. There's me, yeah. another midget. It's really, really small. Don't throw me. Don't throw me, please. I'm throwing you. I'll catch you, midget. Uh, uh, you guys, stop throwing the midgets downstairs! You can't make us. Hey, I told you, to stop. Okay, we're going to have to get the bouncers out there.
2: I'm Maybe the bouncers would like guy. some midgets.
0: <laughs> no, I'm... I'm trying to stop smoking, and and they're not helping here. I'm gonna have to go out and take some nicotine right now, but I'll be back. You watch it, guys. Stop throwing the midgets. That's what I thought. Maybe we should throw the midgets back at them.
4: I have no problem with that. On
0: three. One, One, two, two, three. three! Ow! Hey, I'm sailing through the air.
4: I'm not even a midget. Oh. There. I was sailing through the air until I hit that pipe hanging from the ceiling.
3: I'd just like you to know
4: that my name is John. I'm not just another midget. And your objectification of all midgets by just using their name and not addressing any specific
0: names is really upsetting me. You think just because we're midgets, we like being thrown in and bowled down alleys to him. me! No! The cops are
2: here!
0: <laughs> Alright! Where's them unruly negroes at? Get them round up! Uh, <clears throat> this is the You're kinds of okay? across town. Now, I don't wanna see... anymore! The throwing of short-statured people in this concert hall. That's reserved for across the street. Oh, but damn, Uncle Tulio, is that you? Why, how did you recognize me, son? In fact, who are you with them glasses on over there yonder? I'm Johnny Angelo, Uncle Uncle Tulio. Don't you recognize me? I hadn't recognized you, but now I do, and I see that you've become a rock and roll musician. Now, Sheriff... I was talking to people around here. Looks like these here boys were inciting a riot. That's what they were doing. A riot. This was supposed to be peaceful lunchbox concert, but they couldn't let that happen. Johnny Angelo, is this true? You know, we never even got to play, man. And you know, my father's a midget. Shut up, Marshall. My father's a midget. Shut up, Marshall. midget, and I really don't like that at all. Johnny Angelo. What are you all looking at me for? Was there a riot? I'm not even the creative genius behind the band. That's him over there. Him over there? Him uh, over there, you come over here.
2: Huh? yes. What? Come over mm-hmm. here. Hmm. Who, me? Maze boy.
0: Yes, what? you.
2: Well, I'm not so much of a maze boy. Well, All
0: right, shut uh, up and listen to me. All I want for you to do is to tell me why and how there was riots occurring at this place.
2: What? There was a riot? I wasn't even paying attention. I saw I was... you
0: hiding over there behind the big speaker stack. Yeah, that guy, he was one of the worst ones. He was throwing midgets left, right, you know. He was picking up pie. All right, hand, all right, them. that's enough. Come over here. Put your hands behind your back. <clears throat> Turn around. I'm sorry I have to do this to you, boy, but... Uh... Hey, 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 you're not a fence. Those guys out in the audience, they were, they were throwing midgets, too. What guys where? Those guys out there? Yeah, we started the whole thing. Yeah, man! It was us! It was us! We take full responsibility! You can't catch us Um. pigs. That's (coughs) true! (coughs) (coughs) It is, it is true, they were throwing the midgets too. I smell bacon. cooking.
4: (coughs) Feel free to broadcast the story of our rock and roll decadence on national TV, however.
0: And boy, does it make you happy to call me bacon? I hope it does, because you're going to be in jail for a long time for that, you know. <laughs> Move we'll over, never.
4: Bacon. There's something meaner.
0: Take don't! <sighs> what it y'all Lunchbox! Lunchbox, yes. I've been forgetting Lunchbox. Now, Where are they? Boy, I think you should know. I mean, start a riot. We're not going to let a band keep playing. So you effectively have canceled the playing of this band. <clears throat> and, uh... Cancel Lunchbox? Yes, you canceled We would never lunchbox. do that. Well, maybe if you thought about that before you started throwing midgets left and right up on stage. But what, what do you say, fellows? Shall we come clean in order to see Lunchbox? Or do we stand by our principle? We gotta see Lunchbox! Uh, what's our principle? Our principle is that we hate pigs who come in and try to stop shows simply because they don't like rock and roll music.
4: Perhaps we could break into their dressing room, kidnap them, and take them back to our secret underground lair where we could force them to play a private concert for us at gunpoint. All right, let's
0: do that. It's too late for that, boys. We're going off to jail. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: And we'll find out what happens at jail after this brief musical interlude. You're listening to The Complacence on WNUR. (laughs) Last week on The Curtain, Dr. Patriot, Dr. Nightmare, Sir Lancelot, and Lady Guinevere stranded in time called upon the quantum mechanic an old buddy of dr patriots from superhero training academy to get them out of their predicament in the present the major league super crime busters have been called upon to stop a major crime spree involving the nefarious blitzkrieg man and the delicately rotund bizarro monkey boy Unfortunately, their investigations have led to the unearthing of a completely different kind of menace, Chet the Man-God.
0: I am Chet the Man-God! Chet the Man-God? Chet the Man-God? Chet the Man-God? Meow! Chet the Man-God!
3: Chet the Man-God! Chet the Man-God! Chet
0: the Man-God!
3: Meow! Why are y'all saying Chet the Man-God over and over?
0: Because I am Chet, the man-god!
3: You don't look very much like a man-god to me.
0: No, beloved Nevelin girl, don't taunt him. Taunt me, will you? Take that!
3: Hey, what are you...
0: Doing! Good Nevelin girl, Chet, change your sex? It was actually
5: always pretty temperamental anyways.
0: Silence, you mindless peons! I shall snuff you where you stand!
3: Curtis, look out. He's going to snuff us. Holy hell! Where is
0: announcer man?
3: Meow! Oh, is that so, furry
0: kitten? My newly acquired testis is causing quite an unsightly bulge in my super undies. Silence, you stinky poochunts! I'm trying to snuff you! Oh, sorry, we forgot.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, in a very fast-moving moonlander.
3: Oh, quantum mechanic... Thy array of quantum socket wrenches are very impressive. Dost thou mind if I play with thy tools?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, now, Patriot, you said that this chick was some kind of queen or something. Is that what you call whores 30 years in the future? Enjoy it well at last, Mechanic. Her taste in men change more often than Captain Clean changes underwear. Whoa. It's been five minutes, Mechanic.
4: I do not see the Earth.
0: Where is the Earth? It's right there. Where? Made you look. Now, Quantum... Yes? Are we lost? Not exactly. What do you mean by not exactly? I mean to say by not exactly that your guess as to our current predicament is not without considerable correctness, but is also, to a degree, fairly imprecise.
4: I'm going to toss you out the window. Nightmare? I wouldn't... Out you go!
0: Hey! Uh, say, uh, uh, don't open that window! We'll all get sucked out! Well, what do you know? My big, fat, my big fat ass plugged it up. Danger averted, but I digress. So, QM, what would be your precise diagnosis of the situation we are currently in? Well, uh, it appears we have overshot your present by approximately 576.92 billion years. And the
4: universe is still here? Fascinating. So it is an open universe after all. Still, that does not answer the question of dark matter, which has been... What question? The one that asks, is there dark matter or not?
0: I can answer that. Never mind that, you guys. So we went a little too far. QM, what will it take to get us back to the past? A little hard work, a little patience, a little love, and a whole lot of beer. Miller time! Woohoo! You fools, we have no Miller...
3: My father was a miller.
0: Your father was a circus freak.
3: He was not.
4: I know. I just said that
0: to be mean. Well, that was pretty stupid, Nightmare. You're really losing your edge.
4: It's all this time travel. It's giving me the willies.
0: It's a good thing time travel is, because nature sure didn't. (laughs) Good one, Dr. Patriot. Ah, thanks, QM. I don't get it. Guinevere, where's Lancelot?
3: I believe he's in the loo partaking of a dumpy.
0: Fantastic.
3: So anyway, I found these packages of dehydrated
0: vodka. Should I add water? Do we really want Lady Guinevere more open to suggestion than she already is? Yeah! Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, slapping the greasy backside of trouble... Take that, Major League Super
0: Dunks! You suck!
3: (laughs) You know, Chet, you're talking (laughs) awfully loud. I'm trying to (laughs) mack on my boyfriend downstairs, and I can't hear myself mack. Can you keep it down? It is pretty late.
0: Oh, uh, sorry, Janae. I'm trying not to make you mad.
3: Well, good, because
0: I'll roll your head. Like hell! Goodness me, he just made that girl explode. I cast doubt on the ability of even my mighty chamois to soak up the entrails remaining from that random act of violence.
3: Announcer man. Come in, announcer man. We're in trouble. Mayday. Mayday, can you read me, announcer man? Uh, Debbie, you don't have a walkie-talkie. I know, Curtis. I figured maybe he would be reading the script
5: and enter the abandoned warehouse at this point. But, Debbie, it would end up in the dialogue, not in the stage directions. It would never work.
3: Oh, details, details.
1: Suddenly, Shamalama Ding Dong rat-a-tat-tat.
3: Whoopee! Whoopee, I see!
0: Ring up the chamois! Make a little pun! There's the Shammy on the bottle, Puddle goes away. Oh, Curtis, what's happened to Mr.
5: Shammy?
3: I don't know, Debbie. I think Chet did something to his mind. Curtis? Yes,
5: Debbie? Does something feel strange to you?
3: Yes. These odd lumps on the front of my body are rather peculiar. He switched us, Curtis. Like Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore? Like Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold. Like Charlie Shatler and George Burns? Like Dan Aykroyd
0: and Eddie Murphy. Golly! And now for you, my fine feathered friend!
3: Meow?
2: Meow! Shoop, 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 shoop-a-doop.
0: Bleh, bleh, bleh!
3: Gully and a half! We gotta get the high Hanuk out of here!
2: Things are all so goofy!
0: I'll goofy your scrawny, sexually ambiguous lass!
1: Up in space, what a place! Too bad no more human race.
0: Sorry, guys! How were you supposed to know that the powdered vodka would just dissolve into nothing when you added water
1: it's a gambit all of us have
4: to run once in our lives
3: and if it's any consolation i'm not any less easy
0: well never mind that we must get back to my time i figure that to go back in time we'll have to travel faster than the speed of light can we do that right now we're too heavy we will need to lighten our load guinevere where's lancelot
3: his head is stuck in the loo. It's trying to eat me. Don't let it eat me. Oh, no.
0: He's pressed the flush button. He'll be sucked out into space. Nightmare, help me pull him out of there. We almost have him. Hold on. One, two, three. Ouch, mine sore face. What happened? When we pulled out Lancelot here, Dr. Nightmare slipped through the drain out into the void. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, does that load our lo- lighten our load enough? Man, are you kidding? He weighed like 90 pounds. Thank you for saving my life. It must have been tough with me wearing all of this really heavy armor.
3: I just thought of a way to lighten our load.
1: Up on the housetop, drip, 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 down through the chimney with good old St. Chet the man-god.
3: I'm a girl again.
0: Bleh, bleh, meow. Hey, my voice is back in his proper body. Mine too. Iggy, Iggy, farts the Say, what happened? Look up on the roof. Lady Victory and Announcer Man are doing battle with Chet the Man God.
3: It looks like they have him cornered. Surrender, Chet the Man God!
1: Suddenly, Chet the Man God surrenders.
3: I surrender!
0: Hooray. Hooray! I guess that two-pronged attack worked.
1: Meanwhile, in the hallway outside of Curtis's trendy upscale Manhattan apartment,
0: where is
4: that damned Curtis Handbones? I need rent from that lowlife creep. What does he think he is? This is a youth hostel.
3: Hello, Mrs. Hugglebum.
4: Why, hello, Sylvia. What are you doing on this floor?
3: Well, I was just snooping, Miss Hugglebum.
4: Me too, dear, me too. Oh, I have to run. As the world turns, is on.
3: Oops, well, you better go catch it. See you later. Ta-ta! I hate Mrs. Hugglebum. I hate how she doesn't allow superheroes in her building. Well, I'll show her. Once I seduce the curtain and coax him into joining my evil alliance, she'll know the name Bloody Murder.
1: Up in space.
3: So that does it. I've replaced Lancelot's
0: 15-ton steel armor with a lightweight space-age polymer and dumped the excess out into space. The way is clear. So let's go!
1: Yes, let's. Will the time travelers get back to Earth okay? What will happen to Dr. Nightmare? And why did things resolve so easily for the Major League Super Crimebusters in their battle with Chet the Mangod? Join us next time on The Curtain when you will hear a mysterious villain say...
4: I'm a mysterious villain! Can you name me?
1: And last week on Blindy, the roadie without fear, a masked blindy thwarted porn theft from a convenience store while on his quest to find Fig's missing golden auto harp strings. Meanwhile, under the city, Bizarro Monkey Boy and Blitzkrieg Man quickly worked to carry out their part in a mysterious plot of unknown origin. Blindy fled the convenience store and is now roving the darkened streets of the city. I've been wandering for hours now and found nothing. No clues. Nothing.
4: So, you're on a journey, are you? Lose something, maybe. Y-
0: yes well... Actually, it was my friend who lost something, and I- I'm just trying to help him find it.
4: I've lost things before. You know, things. Big things, and little things. Well, one time I even lost my life. What? I was five years old, and smart as a whip, too. My mom had to work in the afternoon, so she would drop me off at the library to read books. Well, after a while, I naturally drifted to the devil-worship section of the library. It was a cult library, so it didn't really follow the Dewey Decimal System. Oh, just like Ben Franklin's devil-worship library? Yes. Well, being smart as a whip and a young commercial-fed capitalist, I realized that through the practice of a simple book-guided ritual, I could conjure up the devil and sell him my soul for a nice financial gain. Of course, with inflation, souls go for more now. Anyhow, the devil came, I sold my soul, got some cash, my body withered into an untimely death. Boo-boo-boo, da-da-da, whatever the hell you want to, you know. What happened after that? Oh, I don't really remember. I've drunk so much liquor since then to keep me from doing the same thing that over 60% of my brain cells have died.
0: Well, you wouldn't happen to know, um, remember any golden auto harp strings, would you? Look around you.
4: The streets are paved with gold. Look around you.
1: Meanwhile, back at the convenience store...
3: So, he came barging in here with a scarlet mask covering his entire face and and this flood of rats scurrying at his feet. It was pretty weird. Anyhow, he slammed into the porn guy who went sprawling on the floor. Yes, please continue. Uh, So, the rat guy tips over the hostess shelf onto Porn Man in a flurry of rats, Twinkies, and cupcakes. He asks for some ice, and I, I give it to him. Then he dashes out of the store muttering something about gold. Gold. Interesting. And after that? Well, at first I thought, cool. He stopped me from getting shot, which, granted, has some, some appeal with my bleak Generation X future. Also comes with a great deal of pain. Then I see that the porn guy isn't breathing anymore. I, I mean, I don't get paid enough to have to, ha- to have to deal with any dead guys on the floor. And, and after all, I mean, he was only trying to get a couple magazines. Is that, what, is that something to get killed for? Well, then I called the FBI. Okay. It was good that you contacted us so promptly. This crime seems to follow the serial pattern of the hostess murder, and the faster we gather the information, the closer we are to preventing another horrible murder like this. Yeah, well, I'm going to go outside for a smoke. Um, Watch the register, would you? Sure. I'm just going to take a few notes in my recorder. Victim is male, approximately 35. Shelf lacerations to chest and neck in horizontal pattern. It appears that there's something... Yes, looks like something is in his throat. A three-pack of chocolate Twinkies. Hmm, but chocolate Twinkies are only produced in Asia.
1: Back on the street.
0: Streets are paved with gold. Streets are...
1: One painful fall and loud thud later.
0: Me hear loud thud. Sound like giant summer sausage falling. Bizarro monkey boy. Still hungry. Your ears deceive you like effective fascist propaganda! That sounds like the distinctive crash of the human body against the Too bad Bizarro Monkey Boy does not have cannibalistic tendencies! Did you replace the manhole cover carefully as I told you to do so? Ah! Me forget! Fool! Your ears prove ineffective again! Failure once more and they will be yours no longer! We must quickly hurry so we will not be followed!
2: Listen next week as the
1: FBI begins their search and Blindy awakens from another unconscious state resulting from a high fall only to find who knows what. And now, more of the complacents. When we left the complacents, they and their arch-nemesis band Taekwondo had just been arrested for th- a midget table tennis match. Or something like that. At a concert. <coughs>
0: Court come to order. Now, um, I'd just like to state initially on the record that, um, I'm really upset about having to see you in here again. After last week's court hearing about child custody, I thought I would never have to deal with you again. And frankly, frankly, your presence here upsets me. Uh, Judge, it's it's not me on trial this time, though. It isn't? No, no, it's 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 my boys this time, and I have to apologize on their behalf, and uh, that's all I have to say, because I'm not defending them. Well, let's see what sort of story you have this time. <clears throat> so, um, yes, what happened exactly?
5: Uh, I thought you were going to represent us, Adrian, Mr. Creamsicle. Oh, I,
0: I can't stand behind midget tossing! So, um... Okay, Judge, I'm going to represent us, okay? This is what happened. We was standing up on stage, doing our little jigs. We was we was jamming with the midgets. We was having a jolly old time. Yes, there were midgets on and stage. Midgets were all over the place. And then Lunchbox was out in the audience. And I saw and I saw the basis which I have not married. And I wish you would stop calling me asking for divorce because I did not marry Next. that woman. Hey. Order. Order. Um Is there someone else who can present a clearer version of the story, perhaps? I think I can. Yes?
4: So, like, we're getting ready to awe the crowd like never before with our anthems for our generation. And out of nowhere, wham! Dwarf in the head. Yes, so... I look out, and I see...
0: It appears here that there were flying midgets, state of chaos... Involving all members here in the band. Um, it appears to me that, um, some simple rehabilitation would be the best process in order to work this out amongst yourselves. And, hey, let, uh, him tell, let him finish telling the story, man. He was getting to the good part, man. He yeah, was, they were. Up. Up. Yeah, he was. Like, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Now, um, I don't want you in my courtroom anymore, is, so um, what yeah. it's going to boil down to. So, uh. We'll be sure to stay out, Judge, and no more midget tossing. If this is okay, with both parties, we're going to forego a trial in favor of rehabilitation of the two bands together in order for them to work out their differences. Rehabilitation?
4: Yes,
1: they rehabilitation. They should pay for
0: their crimes. Gunnar, I, I think you should do what the judge says because he's a very nice judge. He's being very nice to you. Whatever. Wait a minute. I gotta go to jail. I gotta reestablish my coke connection. <laughs> Lunchbox! Now, son, son, does this look like a place Lunchbox would play? <clears throat> hey, man, did you say you knew the basis from Lunchbox? This is not a place where yeah. Lunchbox would well, play. A oh, there's a hold up! Oh,
2: up! No. Oh, no. oh, no. oh, no.
0: you're trying oh, no. to be crazy! Oh, no. Now, the next person who speaks is going to be found in contempt of court. So, if you could just be quiet and go like to see your rehab. <sighs> first? Spill a and get out of my courtroom, please! Bailiff! Bailiff!
1: Yes, Your Honor! Bailiff, well, get yes. these people out of my courtroom! Um, where am I supposed to take them?
0: Take them to the rehabilitation center!
1: Oh, the rehabilitation center! Uh, right away! The unfriendly oh, one! No Grammy there. Oh, that one! The unfriendly mm. one! Damn fascist judge. And we'll find out what happens at the Rehabilitation Center on next week's episode of The Complacents. Now, stay tuned for Title to be Determined, here on
2: WNUR.
1: Back now in the present, here's what's actually coming up on the next episode. Taekwon Don't and The Complacents try to settle their differences at the Rehabilitation Center, which may not work out. And now, stay tuned for a brand new exclusive interview. Take it away, me, Mr. Announcer here, talking with complacence actor, writer, producer, Jeremy Morse. Good evening, Jeremy.
5: Well, good evening to you, Mr. Announcer. It's been a long time.
1: Yes, it has. Did you ever think back when we were doing the show together that you'd someday be talking about it for some sort of internet audio type thing called a podcast?
5: Uh, No, I, you know, never. Back then, you know, this was 1996 when we did this, and, uh, you know, downloading a a 200-pixel JPEG took half an hour, so, you know, audio over the Internet was inconceivable.
1: Well, I'm sure the kids listening to this podcast will enjoy hearing about the good old days. So, speaking of which, uh, can you tell me, if you remember, how did the idea for the complacence originally come about?
5: Well, uh, let's see, I've done a couple um, uh, shows on WNUR, radio shows. Um, you know, I would started out uh, with uh, you, Mr. Announcer, as you may recall, uh, doing a, uh, it was a fully improvised show called Sucks to Your Asmar. And we'd done that for a couple years already. And then uh, because uh, uh, our, the third person on that show, Jason Kaifesh, took a hiatus, uh, we did another show called uh, Vapo Cigarettes Presents the Sigilamo Lama Vapo Cigarette Comedy Program, which was mostly improvised but had uh, a number of scripted segments uh, during the show. And uh, I just thought those the scripted parts worked so much better than the improvised parts uh, that I wanted to do a show that was all scripted. So, um, also, I just started playing in a band for the first time, so I don't think it was much of a leap to want to do a show about music. Um, so, you know, as you pointed out in your introduction to the first episode, I think the Monkees were probably an influence. Uh, and also, I think the Batman TV show was a big uh, influence on the style of the Complacence.
1: Now, the name of your band was Happy Panic. And as I recall, there was a definite attempt to not promote the band Happy Panic. Therefore, someone came up with the name The Complacents. I don't recall who it was.
5: Oh Well, uh, well, Mike and Lucas and I, uh, Mike and Lucas are also cast members of The Complacents and uh, we were in the band Happy Panic and uh, it, just when we were coming up with names, the two finalists were Happy Panic and The Complacents, so um, I don't even think I thought about it. It was just, you know, well if I'm doing a show about a fictional band, let's just call it the complacence. I don't remember being a concerted did we really like make a decision not to promote Happy Panic on the show? I don't I don't remember that.
1: Well, I don't know. I was just the announcer. <laughs> so uh can you describe the process of putting an episode together for broadcast?
5: Uh sure, basically <laughs> As I recall, uh, we we always aired on Friday nights or uh, early Saturday morning, uh, technically. So uh, as I recall, we'd go over to the dormitory, eat dinner, and uh, the idea was to, by the time we came back to uh, the dorm from eating dinner, we'd have a rough outline of what the plot was going to be. And uh, then we would just kind of divide up Uh, show segments for people to write uh, give Mike an idea of what song would be required uh, by the plot then Mike would go off and record the song pretty much by himself unless he needed someone to do a vocal for him and then uh, you know me, you uh, Vince and Lucas would generally write the complacent sketches Lucas would write the super crime buster stuff And uh, we would write our own segments without really talking to each other again so that they all got joined up at the last minute without any uh, pre-reading or rehearsal so that uh, often the parts didn't end up making sense together when they were reassembled. And uh, everyone was reading it cold uh, on the air, live, for the first time. And uh, those results uh, show quite a bit in the finished product.
1: Yes, I remember quite a rush for uh, computer printers at about 1.30 in the morning.
5: Yes, this is back, you know, this is, you know, the, the daisy wheel printers, which, you know, printed one page every 10 minutes or so, whatever it was. So just printing these things out was took forever. And uh, it was really more an exercise in writing and then uh, just having fun doing a a, a first live read through uh for the benefit of a, a radio audience uh you know in retrospect you know it would have been nice to have put any kind of production values into the actual performance of it but uh you know given that we were full time students uh none of us looking for a career in radio i think it was just a uh a, a spirited way to spend a friday evening
1: And I also want to mention, in case people are confused uh, about some of the previous episodes in this podcast, that sometimes people would not have their scripts ready by 2 a.m. when we were supposed to go on the air, so I, Mr. Announcer, would have to be in the studio at 2 a.m., but I would play music for 10 or 20 or 30 minutes or more until everyone was assembled with scripts in hand, ready to actually do the show. But anyway, (laughs) the acting and performing issues, uh, writing issues aside, uh, what were some of your favorite moments from the show?
5: Oh, gosh. Well, uh, I think, um, gee, I think it's right before episode nine. Gee, I should have the uh, episode list in front of me. But I think the plot I was proudest of, which I'm not sure anyone else liked it, but was, uh, you know, Adrian Creamsicle fathering and both fathering and mothering his own child. Uh, oh, that,
1: uh, is part, <laughs> that's part of episode nine, but it lasted for several episodes. It was a whole story arc.
5: Oh, I think I just spoiled it then. Sorry, <laughs> you better it edit that no, out.
1: No, um, <laughs> I believe by the time this makes it into the podcast that arc will have completed mostly uh, let's see do you have any favorite songs from the complacence uh catalog oh
5: yes my favorite uh complacence song it comes up later when uh the complacence go to outer space which was always like the joke plot i think we you know very early in the series we knew we had to have a story where the complacence going to outer space um and uh, so the Space Siren song that uh, that I think Mike is actually going to put on his next album. He, oh. he gave me a, with, with that, like an instrumental version of it, but it's that recording uh, with just the vocals taken out. And it was on the, the last demo version he gave me of his next album, so I always thought that was really beautiful. But the lyrics, I love the lyrics to it, so I'm sad that those won't be in uh, on the version he's going to put on his album. But uh, I, I think he, you know... Maybe he didn't want it to be quite so jokey.
1: You're speaking of international recording artist Michael Lyons. That's right. Clarify.
5: That's right. Indeed I am.
1: Uh, so who from the cast uh, do you think was the best actor, other than yourself, I guess?
5: Oh, well, on that myself. Uh, I thought I'm, I was pretty bad at cold reading, um, and cold reading is almost entirely what we did. You know, given the chance to prepare, I think I could have been a much better actor than I was. Um, I, you know, listening to myself on uh, these old radio shows, I makes me sweat <laughs> because I'm kind of embarrassed by uh, by my own performance. But uh, no, I thought Vince um, hands down was the best uh, performer on the show. Adrian Creamsicle was not supposed to be a main character, he was supposed to be kind of a, you know, just someone who would help move the plot along, but it was supposed to be, you know, the the three members of the band, uh, and then Fred, who were supposed to be the main characters, but Vince's performance in episode one uh, just dominated the, the show, I thought, and so he became, you know, really the central figure of the whole saga.
1: And we should mention that he also played um, Evil Otto of Taekwondo, And I'm trying to remember who he played of the Major League Super Crime Busters.
5: Uh, he is Captain Patriot, yes. the very smarmy, or, uh, condescending. Or Dr. Patriot, as Dr. he's referred Patriot. to about half the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dr. Much, Patriot's funnier, too, so yes.
1: that's, that's good. Much much in the same manner that we could never decide if... the president of Flaming Highway Records was Agnew Duro or Agnew (laughs) Arduroes.
5: Again, you know, continuity is overrated. You know, know, if both are good, why decide? Why choose? You can have it both ways.
1: (laughs) Well, and speaking of which, uh, who do you think on the show uh, was the best writer?
5: Hmm. Hard to say. Um, Lucas had a very strong Voice and the uh and the Curtis and Super League Crime Busters sketches. Uh he wrote all of those except for one that I ghost guest wrote.
1: And I I also I also wrote one.
5: Oh, did you? Which one did you write?
1: The one um the one where they're all watching a hockey game on T V. Announcer Man is (laughs) the play by play announcer. Who is um, who accidentally foils a bomb plot by what he's
5: saying. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so I think just the fact that um, those had, like, a very consistent voice to them made makes those feel like uh, the best writing. Um, I don't know. I don't even, I, as I've been listening to the podcast, I've been taking notes trying to remember who wrote which segments and, like, trying to recognize, like, everyone's, writing writer's voice um i don't know it's probably pure vanity but i laugh at mine the most probably just cuz i remember the process of writing it and or i'm surprised that i was so funny in 1996
1: well i sometimes cringe at some of my lines which are things that don't really work on the radio um and you know Part of that is if we'd had, you know, a read-through beforehand, we would have caught those, but...
5: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely have my fair share of those. Uh, You know, like, um, well, the beginning of episode one has this whole conceit of uh, Adrian Creamsicle having this argument with Agnoir Duro, or maybe it's Duro's, and uh, that conversation being echoed by the punch-out video game... The arcade version, not the uh, much more familiar to our audience Nintendo version, which was another mistake. I think I just wanted to do my impression of the referee from the arcade <laughs> version of Punch Out, uh, but it's like is distracting and doesn't work, and you know wasn't rehearsed, so it's only confusing to the audience. So yeah, I think we uh, definitely all had our share of clumsily written. <laughs> Uh, parts. But, um, whoever wrote the line, uh, I wasn't even there for that episode, but I still quote this one. Uh, your head is so far up your ass. You can see out your own mouth. That's a, uh, that's a piece of beauty right there. See, here's how I can tell, you know, like if I'm listening to it, like, did I write this? And there'll be a biblical reference. I'm like, Oh, okay. I probably wrote that. Hmm, hmm. So I was trying to figure out episode two, the Swami Salami episode. I think I wrote the whole Complacent storyline in that, but I wasn't sure.
1: Uh, that might be the case.
5: The only one I couldn't remember for sure that I wrote the whole thing was The Battle of the Bands. But no, I couldn't have written the whole thing because I didn't come up with the two-something
1: uh, bit. Let me see. What is that? Episode 5? Yeah. I wrote. Okay, I wrote the first part of that, so that oh, okay. probably would have been me.
5: Yeah, well, I can... Certain kinds of jokes are definitely gym jokes. (laughs) You know, anything about uh, trains or the L or specific television shows. (laughs) Yeah, I guess maybe that's the hallmark of of your humor. It's very specific. It's very detail-oriented. Whereas, you know, I won't recognize a bunch of jokes, but then, like, a line will end with the word however in an awkward way, and I'll be like, oh, that's me. I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the grammar gets really stilted in mine. Although Vince also wrote a weird kind of stilted grammar, too, but a different kind.
1: Any other memories you have of the complacence?
5: Uh... I remember the uh, the $5 sketch in episode 3. I was at my uh, parents' out of town, so I wasn't there for that episode, but I wrote a sketch and faxed it in. And uh, I made one line of dialogue optional, and that was the line uh, that the janitor mops up semen. And, of course, Mike chose to deliver the line.
1: Yes, of course, and it was 2.30 in the morning, and it's a medical term, so it's perfectly fine.
5: It's true, and it is something that you have to mop up in certain kinds of massage parlors, if you're a janitor there. Uh, Mr. Announcer, may I ask you a question?
1: Yes, you may.
5: Cause I don't even know if I know the answer to this. Um, you know, I I had the initial idea for the show, and so as I was kind of putting it together, I kind of had names for uh, most of the main characters. But I, you came up with the name for Fred James, didn't you? I believe I did. How? did you come up with Fred James? Why Fred James? Why two first names?
1: Uh, What does that
5: signify? What were you going for there?
1: Good question. Um, Fred was the joke name I had been using for some time. That was, you know, if I needed a fake name, it would always be Fred something. Um, James, I don't remember. I mean, my... It is my actual first name. So that's the uh has something to do with it.
5: The premise of the character was sort of that he was uh uh kind not of, to say boring, but you know, it'd be easy to overlook.
1: Yeah, it's kind of nondescript.
5: Yeah, so the name sort of ejected that.
1: Yes. Fred James is not a very flashy name.
5: Now Fred McMurray it says, it's, it says in the script that he looks like a young Fred McMurray. Uh, Do you see yourself as a young Fred McMurray?
1: No, and I didn't write that line. And, you know, the young Fred McMurray was the basis for the superhero Captain Marvel's look, for example. Oh, was he? Yes, he was.
5: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us, Jeremy Morse of The Complacents. Well,
5: thank you, Mr. Announcer. I always—it's uh, been a pleasure, and I always thought you were, uh, you know, a very good announcer on the show. Although I got to tell you, Announcer Man was just that much better.
1: Well, thank you for the compliment. I guess. What about Bizarro Announcer Man?
5: Uh, I still have nightmares about Bizarro Announcer Man.
1: Well, sorry to hear that. Thank you again for being with us. Good night.
5: And good luck. Thanks
1: again to Jeremy Morse for granting that exclusive interview. Until next time, this has been the Complacence Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.